Welcome back to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. I always really appreciate it when you guys tune in. I would also like to send a shout out to our sponsor at Howie's Hockey Tape Company. If you'd like 10% off of your Howie's Hockey Tape purchase, please enter the coupon code FACEOFF10. That's FACEOFF and then the number 10. Enter the coupon code AREA uh, to get 10% off of your Howie's Hockey Tape purchase. Uh, always really appreciate them. Also really appreciate the listeners. I know it's been probably four weeks, maybe five weeks since I've come out with an episode. Um, For the most part, I've been busy. I know it's no excuses. I should stay on top of it. But I do think that 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 time has been spent finding really good guests. I have a bunch of good guests lined up. I have a good guest for today. Uh, And then just kind of taking a little bit of a break. Um, Sometimes people need to take a little bit of a break. They come back better. And uh, I think that's what we're going to try and do here. But uh, anyway, today I am inside of the Euless Star Center. I am with the hockey programs manager, Jacqueline Z. Howard, also aka Z the Ref. Z, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I know that we were trying to like kind of schedule this like a few different times and you were very open to uh, me just kind of needing to be flexible and, and moving this time around quite a bit. Um, so thank you for doing that. And I promise that this will be uh, a lot of fun. We're going to go over some some of your history. We're going to talk about some hockey, also refing, which I feel like we don't get into a whole lot uh, on this show. But I have so many questions for people that even want to ref because well, first one, like, what are you doing? But we'll get into that uh, here in a little bit. But uh, Z. You have to start the show off the same way that everybody starts the show off, and you have to tell us how you first got interested in the sport. Now, I know that uh, you know this might be kind of an interesting story, and it might start a little bit later on than most people. But um, I need you to—I need to make sure that you know that this is how you first got interested in it, and not necessarily when you first stepped out onto the ice. Um, and this is really kind of the only portion where there are rules. Um, do you understand the rules, and are you ready to get going? What are the rules? Uh, the rules are that you have to start with telling us how you first got interested in the sport oh, of gotcha. hockey. And if you deviate from that at all, we'll have to <laughs> shut the whole thing down because there, there are rules to this. You know, I know that uh, it seems like it's open and fun, but uh, at least at the very beginning, it's just the rule because everybody has to do it. OK, cool, cool. Uh, so, yeah, I was working at the Arlington Police Department, not your typical start to hockey. Um, I was buddies with some of the detectives there and they had their annual police fire game and we were just reading the newsletter and I just said it looks pretty cool and the guys were like oh well girls can't skate they said that yes oh now I don't know how I didn't know how to skate at the time (laughs) but I took offense to saying that girls can't do something Mm -hmm. um proceeded to go to play it against sports buy all the stuff I don't know if we can curse on this oh no you can if you want to you definitely can (laughs) <laughs> um, went to play it again didn't really know what I'm doing uh, or buying um, bought all the stuff there uh, actually just bought new shoulder pads uh, last week I had the same shoulder pads uh, huge Easton shoulder pads from Play It Against Sports 17 years ago yeah Easton's not they don't even come out so of I got these anymore. really cool Sherwood ones like the classic look uh-huh. very proud can't wait to wear them um, but yeah so anyways I bought all the stuff my very first time was playing at the Parks Mall during this lunchtime drop-in. Had no idea what the lines and circles are on the ice. Yeah. Um, felt like a complete idiot because there's a bunch of high schoolers out there. I did not know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, yeah, the police guys were the first ones that took me under their wing and kind of taught me what hockey was all well, about. Well, but can I say this? Because, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, because I've been playing hockey for a long time, 37 now. I think I started when I was like five, something like that. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, like, you know, you're a good player. It's like, well, I started when I was five. If you started when you were five, like you would be good too. Um, but I, I really have a huge appreciation for not just yourself doing it, but for anybody that like wants to start because it's a, it can be a very frustrating sport to try and pick up because you have to put all these different things together. It's yeah. like you have to learn how to skate almost first before you can get into, you know, other things like stick handling, shooting, passing and, and so forth. Um, but for anybody that like picks it up at like a, a little bit of an older age, I'm like, man, like it's going to be frustrating for you. But if, <laughs> if you get past this, though, it is a lot of fun to be had. Mm -hmm. So it, it sounds like and, you know, I'm, I know that we kind of just met each other. Uh, but it seems like when you have your mind set to something, you're like, well, I'm going to I'm going to do this. Uh, so how uh, how did that progress? You know, you have kind of your first skate, if you will, out, out at the parks. And it was really cool that they brought you along. Um, but how does it progress from there? Because it goes one of two ways. You can either say, well, that was fun, but, you know, I don't think I want to do that again. Or you're like, OK, like, let's see, like, I want to do this. Um, I'm assuming that it was the latter and that you wanted to continue to uh, play hockey or be involved in it. Yeah. So my goal was to play in the Guns and Hoses game um, that was announced in the newsletter. So I made it that goal. I think it was like two months later. Yeah. Um, so I just worked really hard at it. I think I was uh, became known as the queen of drop in. Mm hmm. Um, played a lot with. Corby. Oh, there we go. Are you see already given already given <laughs> Corby the shout out. Already given. So cuz I cuz I was I was I was going to get to the fact that we uh, uh both know him and and are, and are friends with him at a certain point, but uh to give him a shout out this early, I don't know if that's fair, hey, but Corby. uh yeah, no, but uh I I I do I do wish he was uh he was back in town, but um uh needless to say though, you, you continued to skate and you continued to uh uh want to continue to play. Um, what were some of the things that you enjoyed about the sport that you felt like, oh, like this is worth kind of spending the time and effort to get better at? Or, um, you know, because sometimes it can be a combination of like the people that you're spending time with, uh, also just in enjoying the sport as it is. But mm -hmm. um, I, I almost feel like there's kind of like a different line in questioning because, you know, a lot of people that I have on here, it's like, well, I don't know. I was five and I, you know, <laughs> went out there and I skated. Um, but I mean, for you, it's like this is something that as an adult, you know, starting a little bit later, you were conscientious of and it was like, OK, like this is what I'm going to do. Um, can you kind of go through like what you're thinking there? And I mean, did you have a passion to, you know, really like get into the hockey world? Um, yes. Yeah, so I wasn't allowed to do sports growing up. Uh, it was always really? school uh -huh. and school, math. Yeah. Piano. Which is, uh, you know, that's those are good things. Yeah. So. So I guess uh, when I finally got into hockey, it was the first time I really got engaged with sports and just fell in love with that locker room camaraderie, yeah. um, just the competitive competitiveness of it. Um, being on the ice uh, was pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, it's like, you know, at this point, it's like the majority of the reason. Now, granted, it's been a couple seasons since I've played men's league, but, you know, it's like I feel like I've. You know, I still enjoy the competitive nature of hockey. I feel like at this point, I've kind of done everything I'm going to do on a competitive level. But the reason that I play now is for that camaraderie and that friendship. And I think if you were to ask most men's leaguers, they would probably say that that is, you know, a lot of it has to do with like the team that they're on and what that team is about. And, you know, uh, usually there's kind of like a fine line of competitiveness and, you know, wanting to have fun. Uh, where did you find yourself as far as wanting to have fun, uh, but then also, you know, 
be competitive or try and get better? And then second question, what did you do to get yourself to the point? Because obviously now you're uh, uh, better than you were when you started, but what things did you do to kind of get to that level and improve yourself? Uh, I guess the first goal was to beat fire. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we did beat fire, by the way. Um, and the second thing I did to get better was we practiced a lot in the garage. Mm-hmm. Back when I was single, that's all I did. I got home from work, was in the garage, stick handling. Um, and then, like I said, hit hit a ton of drop-ins. I mean, I was yeah. at Euless a lot. Yeah. So actually, my origin was in Euless, which is funny. Yeah. Um, so I kind of grew up in Euless, even though I started at 22. It's kind right. of late. Yeah. But what's what's cool about the drop-ins, though, and uh, for a long time, we had uh, we had one in Mansfield at, at uh, noon on Friday for, that for a while. was kind of like... Uh, you know, the same group kind of over yeah. and over again. But um, I am, and there's nothing against men's league, but I love I, I love the flow of a drop-in. Yes. Because you're showing up, it's pretty much the same guys. If it's a good drop-in, it's usually pretty much the same guys from a week-to-week basis. Um, but what kind of happens is at a certain point, you get comfortable with those guys, but they're on your team one week, or, and then they're not on your team the next <laughs> week. And you kind of, um, it's weird because like I, uh, I talk trash in like a good fun way. Like if, if, if you want to know if I'm your friend, it's like, well, do I talk trash to you when we play drop in? And if I do, that probably means I like you and I want you to talk trash to me. And I want to, you know, go through the whole process of, uh, of playing a good drop in. But, um, there's something really like special about the relationships that you get, not just through, you know, men's league, but through like the drop in process. Um, cause it is one of those things to where, and I will say this. Um, I like to skate earlier in the day sometimes. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, it's like people that want to go to the gym like early in the morning and they feel like it kind of gives them energy, you know, throughout the day. I feel like I'm kind of uh, one of those guys where I kind of like that uh, that early skate. But uh, not only not only does it give me energy, but it's kind of something that you kind of look forward to, uh, especially if that drop in ha- like happens to fall later in the week, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's like kind of seeing like... Uh, like a family, you know what I mean? And if like somebody doesn't show up, it's like, well, where's this person? Like, should we check on that person? And then all of a sudden, if they're like gone for a couple of weeks, it's like, where's, but it's, uh, it's just like a ragtab, uh, you know, group of people. Some of them might be a league players and some of them might be E league players, but it just all ends up working out to this like great thing that everybody looks forward to. But, uh, I think I'm more of a drop in person. I, I just, I love dropping. Same. Yeah. But, uh, I want to do, I, I want to fast forward just a little bit because I haven't had that many officials on the show. And so I have a whole lot of questions because I have officiated, uh, was when I was a little bit younger. Uh, I still, I feel like I kind of, I feel like I do it once every like five years. I feel like I'm like, well, maybe I should get my, uh, official certification. Uh, but then at a certain point I'm like, man, this is really hard. And I don't know. And I just, I kind of bounce back and forth, but obviously this was kind of something that you, um, you know, that you found, how did that kind of come to be? Because I always, and I do say this as a joke because I do feel like we need more officials now probably than ever. Um, but, f- you know, my, my kind of joke for, you know, people b- being officials and doing it for so long is like, how do you keep your sanity? Why do you enjoy it? You're an integral part of the game, but like, what is it, you know, that, that makes you want to do something like that? Because I feel like it's, a, it's kind of like a thankless job at times. Um, I know that there's like a huge community of officials that kind of support, you know, one another. But uh, how did that get started? And why were you crazy enough to want to be an official? Um, yeah, so it actually goes back to drop in. Um, <laughs> Nobody, there was is... no officials. So you felt like... <laughs> no, no. Like, uh, this was at Polar Ice um, Grapevine um, mm-hmm. when that was around. 
um, I found out that if you ref, you can play drop-in for free. Of course, drop-in's like 20 bucks yeah. um, a time. So I thought, okay. Uh, so that's how I kind of got into refing. Um, fast forward a couple years later, uh, I started working for the federal government um, in Washington, D.C., and I was playing in some women's league game up there in Maryland. And the officials out there were saying, hey, they, they, they like the way I skate. Are you interested in refing? We're trying to grow female officials mm-hmm. here. And that's kind of how it got off, um, I guess, to a more serious start. Wow. Well, okay, so th- there is a little bit to unpack there. Um, but I kind of want to start with um, as far as female officials. And I do want to get to kind of uh, what you were able to do, which was really cool. Uh, but I want to kind of push that a little bit further uh, back into the episode. Um, but like there had to have been something in your mind, um, you know, it's like, okay, like there's officiating, but then there's like really getting into it and wanting to build that. Um, Cause it's just like girls hockey. I mean, girls hockey is absolutely, I mean, I talk about this a lot, but if you're going to invest in something numbers wise, it's like, it's, it's women's hockey, it's girls hockey. I mean, the, the way that it's just kind of whatever, did you see at any point like, oh, like this, this could possibly be um, really beneficial for me to do, but for, um, you know, those younger girls that are coming up because, you know, women's hockey, not that women's hockey has to be officiated by women, but it is one of those things when you grow the sport, other things alongside that should also grow uh, proportionately. And do you feel like that's kind of what, uh, you know, the, uh, USA uh, officials, uh, women's is trying to do? Um, I think later on in my officiating career, for sure, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to give back to the game, trying to be that example, that peer out there on girls' games. Love to see women's officials out there. But honestly, when I first started, um, I started refing adults um, because I thought, why am I going to ref little kid games? So I thought I was refing the highest level of hockey there was at the time at Polar Ice. Again, why would I ref? kid games right um but when i moved up to maryland i learned that in order to develop as an official you need to start from 10u 12u work those games because those are the i guess quote unquote serious games um because those are actual games versus beer league um and then i worked my way up from there Mm -hmm. well i mean and if anything it probably gets you used to being because you know depending on what uh what level you're doing in men's league you know it's at night and there might not be that many people there to kind of yell at you not saying that that's an experience that you need to get used to but i think most officials (laughs) do need to but if you want to talk about and it's funny if you were to think about like well what could be like one of the highest stress you know situations in hockey like you know i'm I'm assuming people a lot of think you know oh well it's like you know definitely juniors it's like high level it's like i feel like we should bless every person or every ref that is refing six and eight u games Yes. Because there are six teams worth of parents in one small, you know, 200 by 85 foot ice surface. Mm-hmm. And they're all screaming and yelling. Um, but similar to uh, you saying that, you know, I think refs should have to go back and, uh, you know, referee younger age. I almost feel like the same thing with coaches. It's like you should almost have to go back. And I've said this before on the <laughs> podcast. You should have to go back. Everybody should have to go back and ref like six yeah. U or eight U to the point to where it's like it's not what you know. It's how you you know, it's how you deliver uh, kind of your message or, or whatever you have to do. But um, sounds like you, you you got it. You got into it. But then you, you you transferred from just doing beer league because, you know, and nothing against beer league. I love beer league. I love uh, the beer league guys and everything. Uh, but sometimes officiating that you probably don't get the best uh, view of kind of like what things are going to uh, become once they get competitive, if that makes sense. Without without I'm not trying to dismiss 
the effort of beer league uh, teams. But, uh, you know, it's a little bit different once you start getting into the youth where you have uh, people around you that might be judging you or criticizing you uh, vocally. So it's a little bit different. But then you get over it and you get better and you, you kind of continue to uh, do that. At what point does it get kind of like serious for you as far as the refing? At what point does it go from, all right, I am refing, you know, youth hockey. I, I started with beer league and now, you know, we were doing youth hockey. At what point does it start to get kind of like, oh, like these are some high level, you know, intensity games. And mm-hmm. what kind of did it, what, what did it take for you to kind of uh, get to that level and feel comfortable, if that makes sense? Uh, so I guess a couple years later after that, moving to D.C., um, you get invited to district select camp um, in D.C. That was part of the southeastern district. Um, so you get an invite from the district to attend that camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we work, the I think, the U15, U16 festival. So you see the best players in the district there. Yeah. Um, but as uh, similar to the players getting seen, the refs are also getting seen. Right. Well, and I think what a lot of people don't realize, too, is that um, just like there's people watching and not just the coaches, but, you know, just like there would be scouts for watching some of these guys, there's also kind of scouts for officiating. Yes. There are people that are judging you. Like sometimes, you know, they're going to be there. Sometimes you don't, mm-hmm. but you have to just do a good job all the time either way. Yeah. But I, I do feel like, um, that is something that I feel like a lot of people don't know is that like when you reach a certain level, like these refs are for sure being, um, not only supervised, but they are being, tested and there there is reviews and there like there are people above them that are watching and when i'm talking like and i'm talking everything your your uh you know body language your and they will go through and you could have a good game but they will find ways to be like this is what you need to improve on so one thing i've heard a lot and because it's not really true though is that like oh well like they just you know sometimes they don't care about education within like officiating whatever and it's like Nah, like there's a lot of times that there is somebody there, um, you know, not on the ice, but they are there to make sure that uh, the officials in those higher level games are, you know, on top of it and doing what they need to do. So it is uh, they are being they are being watched, you know, they're they're being judged or reviewed. And the other thing, too, is like being reviewed by your peers is probably one of the harder things to do. So, you know, for everybody that wants to yell, it's like, well, well, you know, it it does get more difficult than that. what would you say was your uh, what would you say was your first kind of like big game? Is there anyone that sticks out to you that you felt like, oh, this is a, this is kind of this is this is where I'm at now? Uh, the first big game was probably at um, ACHA Nationals um, when I was selected to work the D1 championship game. Well, that uh, but the, 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 those moments are fun, and especially looking back, you know, you're thinking about, well, I you know uh, started officiating. Uh, X amount of years ago, didn't know anything about hockey. Kind of, kind of made my way, uh, made my way up here. Um, what was some of kind of the feedback at that point? Not, not just from the you know um, advisors or supervisors above you, but what was kind of the because um, like I feel like within hockey, a lot of a lot of people are given like, okay, if you do X, Y, and Z, you know, you can make it to the next level. Um, can you share anything with us about like maybe what some of your um, officials that were maybe above you that were kind of talking to you like what does that look like like how do you actually make it into higher levels of, of like officiating you know because it's more than just being uh, you know a good skater I mean they have to look at how you call the game and how you manage the game I mean how how does that kind of work as far as uh, you know the people that are talking to you uh, about you know they're trying they're trying to make you better or trying to get you to that next level uh, what is that communication like um, yeah, so after district select camp, um, 
your name's kind of in the system already under USA Hockey. Um, and uh, now we have Futures Camp, um, High Performance Camp, and Elite Camp. Um, and those you, you apply for. Elite Camp is invite only, um, but you apply for that. And at each level, you're seen by different level supervisors as well. Thanks. Well, and so here's another thing, too, because the, the, first, the first time I actually saw you uh, was with your sister. And I do want to kind of uh, drop into this. But uh, but it was uh, it was during one of the uh, the veterans games. And I, I can't remember exactly which one it is, but um, I felt like there were multiple times to where uh, it was you and your sister and you were out there doing, um, you know, and whether or not it was police, fire, guns and hoses, whatever. Um, the, I saw you multiple times, but it was just you and your sister. So we have your story. Um, but I think it is kind of interesting because if you were just to hear your story, you would think, okay, well, that would make sense. But you have a sister that got into it too. So, you know, I mean, was she right by your side when this was going on? How does your sister also uh, get into uh, this? And this doesn't have to be as long as your story, but it is interesting because I, I looked out there and I'm like, okay, like this, they got to be sisters, right? Am I, am I crazy here? They got to be sisters. I don't want to make any assumptions, but they got to be sisters. So, uh, how does your sister get into this? Yeah, I don't exactly remember uh, the timeline. Like you call, you, call, you call each other and you're like, hey, did you get into hockey? He's like, yeah, I got into she, hockey too. She, like I said, we weren't really allowed to do sports coming yeah. up. It was always school, school, school. Um, but later on, she picked up, she did do a little bit of ballet growing up. Um, so it kind of translated to figure skating. Uh -huh. um, she borrowed a book. It sounds super nerdy. She borrowed no. a book from the library written by Christy Yamaguchi. Uh -huh. And she read the book. And she goes out there in <laughs> public skate trying to uh, work on some figure skating. Um, she was a Dallas Stars fan. I didn't really know what Dallas Stars were. She might have been an So she had a better idea about hockey. Um, I think her figure skating translated into hockey much better after she saw big sis was doing it uh-huh yeah uh -huh. and i definitely after i got into fish officiating i'm like you got you have got to ref yeah i do want to uh kind of fast forward just a little bit here though and uh getting to and, and i have to mention this whole little story here because uh when we talked about doing this this recording you said well you know uh you know i don't know if my voice is the best for this or that so i had to google you and it turns out you've already been interviewed by NHL Network. Uh, so I was a little bit like, oh, okay. Like, this is not, you've been NHL, you've been interviewed by the NHL Network. I think that this uh, little <laughs> local broadcast within the uh, local DFW hockey community, I'm, I'm sure you can land this. But uh, one of the things that they were talking about is the fact that uh, you and uh, um, a handful of other female officials were able to referee AHL games. Um, I'm sure you remember that, you know, kind of uh, uh, coming to be. Um, but can you tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, because that's a that's a really cool thing. I mean, I'm sure or I'm assuming that you're proud of it. But can you kind of talk about maybe how they let you know that that was going to be a thing or what what was behind that? Uh, yeah. So um, I guess so fast forward um, even more living in D.C. from ACHA Nationals, went back, started working NCAA, Division three, Division one. Went to elite camp, um, and from elite camp, um, got my international license um, as an official. Um, started, again, working more women's pro, because I guess those go hand-in-hand -hand with USA Hockey assignments. Um, so worked a lot of the women's pro league. From there, uh, I guess a year after COVID, the NHL reached out. I don't know how it all went down, but the NHL reached out to USA Hockey 
and I guess our names, some of our names were submitted um, to the NHL mentoring program. Mm -hmm. And again, this was the year, I think, after COVID or the year of COVID, something like that, um, where they started and they brought on guys like Wes McCauley. Yeah. And we would have, um, I think, week uh, monthly Zoom sessions with these NHL referees and linesmen. Um, from there, um, I applied to the NHL Combine Yeah. Um, and went to the Combine uh, where they do a lot of off-ice and on-ice testing mm-hmm. uh, and found out maybe a month later from the American League that uh, they were going to invite me to their camp. Wow. So I went to the AHL camp and got hired there as a referee. Wow. So is there, when you're working, because, you know, you're working with literally the top officials, like in the probably world or at least country, um, but like what type of things are they, because I'm assuming that the, and I have not really been a part of it, but that the uh, uh, community of officials, that there is probably a lot of like knowledge sharing. I'm assuming that like there is kind of like, um, it's almost like one of those little groups that there's not that many of you, um, but the good ones that rise to the top, I feel like there's got to be a lot of uh, information being shared. Did you find that there was a lot of people that were uh, trying to help you or that there was a lot of people? It's kind of similar to the rink industry. You know, like I said, I was operations manager for quite some time. Um, but it's one of those little groups that it's like, well, there's only so many people of, or so many of us that have kind of this knowledge. And so we have to share it because it's not anything that's like readily available. Um, did you find that, you know, people were helping or sharing or, um, how did you find that you grew, um, as an official? And I don't mean as far as skating or any of that, but, um, as far, as far as how you grew as an, grew as an official, was it a lot of it, you know, sharing that information? Yeah, I think there was a high level of uh, female officials, of course, I, most of my development happened on the East Coast. Yeah. Um, so a lot of those were the college uh, women's officials that have like group techs going. Yeah. And kind of support each other. We're driving a million miles every weekend to go here, go there. Um, so, you know, you just look up your phone, just call, yeah. call people going to and from games. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you have to do it afterwards. Like, you'll never believe yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. After that guy in the box, <laughs> and then the next thing you know, there's a two out of 10, and then I got two out of five. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do think that that's cool. And especially um, in any situation where you're kind of being involved with like the top tier of anything, you know, you are surrounded by like the best hockey knowledge and officiating knowledge. Uh, so I think part of that's got to be cool. Um, I want to fast forward a little bit though. Because you're the hockey programs manager here at the Eula Star Center. Uh, we are inside the Eula Star Center right now. Um, I have spent quite a bit of time here. It's the one that's closest to uh, the Mansfield Star Center, which is the one that I worked at. Um, but how did we get here? Is this something that you're uh, passionate about? Is this something, I mean, uh, I would hope so. Uh, but <laughs> is, uh, how, 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 did we end up, uh, how did we end up here? Because this is where you are. Uh, I knew you did talk about kind of when you took this position. Because... You know, for everybody that's involved in hockey, there's certainly an off season, and then there is the you know uh, uh, hockey season and hockey season, and especially right before hockey season, I feel like is when it's the busiest. Um, so I know you kind of started in a uh, uh, a busy busy season, if you will. But um, how did we get here? Um, and um, yeah, why why is this? Because I kind of know why I think being a hockey programs manager would be cool, but I want to know why you think uh, being a hockey programs manager is cool because it's what you do. Yeah, I think it was always an end goal of mine um, as I looked to retiring from officiating, I guess, uh, the pro level, um, 
to have more of administrative side on the hockey program side. Mm-hmm. And when I found out my predecessor, Kevin Colley, was um, leaving this job, um, kind of talked to him first. Mm-hmm. And I was already here at the rink a lot because I have two kids, one's plays for you mm-hmm. and uh, Coach Rubio uh, and Coach Newman. And Coach Kirk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's so many. There's uh, there's a lot. A lot of coaches. Yeah. Um, so yeah, son is involved in hockey. Uh, daughter's involved in figure skating. So yeah. I was already here seven days a week, 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, figured, yeah. you know, um, might a little work here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really was an end goal to end up in more of, um, I guess, a management role uh, within hockey. Just yeah. stay to the game, but not necessarily on the ice. Yeah. Well, yeah, because at a certain point, you, you want to... Um, and especially, like I said, with the, with the hockey knowledge that you've gained over the years and everything, like it's, um, I'm sure that there is a lot, um, there's a lot that you can do and a lot that you can provide, uh, for this community, which I, which I think is great. Um, but it is, it can kind of be daunting at times because I feel like, um, it's one of those things to where hockey is growing so quickly, not that it's a bad thing, but it's growing so quickly down here. Uh, there, there can be times where it's like, man, there's a lot of kids out here. There's a lot of kids on the ice. And you, and the thing is you want to know everybody's name and you want to know all the parents you want to keep up with it. But it's like, and like I said, this is not a bad problem, but it's just almost like uh, hopping in a situation. It's like, there's so many people to get to know. I think which is part of the reason I started the podcast, but it's just like, there's so many people like, how do I, and then once I, cause you know, I'm, uh, from Tulsa, Oklahoma originally, and we just had like one rink in town. And mm. so like the community was based out of this one rink mm. and I've moved around and worked at some other rinks, but for the most part, that was kind of the only rink in that area. And then I moved down here, what is it, five or six years ago? And I'm like, oh, there's like so many rinks, but then there's people that know each other through all these rinks. So I've considered it like the spider web, you know what I mean? Like there's there's <laughs> yeah. connections there, you know, th- through all these little, you know, through all these places. But um, it's a great area to be like invested in hockey. And I feel like that's what you're doing uh, is investing in hockey. Um, part of it, though, I feel like is just like you're like, man, I'm I'm a hockey and figure skating mom. I'm here all the time. Might as well, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, what, like, how do I stay busy here? I see my kids doing everything, but um, uh, and I, I've uh, I've never seen your daughter skate, but I've obviously seen your son skate. And one thing I can say about him is not only does he skate hard, he has fun. And I see him, and I, I don't mean this is a bad thing, but he is smiling when he's out and practices with his friends or whatever, and I always love to see it. You know what I mean? And it doesn't mean he's not skating hard. It just means that he's having a good time. He's a 10U, so he's what, you know, <laughs> eight, nine, however old they are now. But um, I have likened our team to, because I've coached, I don't know, I think I've coached every year for at least the last nine years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of it comes down to, as far as the success, is how well do the kids get along? How well do the parents get along? Are the kids focused on improving and getting better and developing as hockey players? Are the parents allowing, but also supporting and also <laughs> pushing? It's like this very difficult circle of like, are all these things kind of happening at the same time? And with our team, I really do feel like it is. I feel like the parents that I've met, I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, parents have been great. Because uh, this is my first year of coaching travel. Um, so, you know, previously I wasn't uh, able to, but this is kind of the first year that I was able to. Um, but there was part of it's like, oh my gosh, like, cause you hear all these nightmare stories sometimes of like, oh, like travel blah. <laughs> and our team and our kids. And, you know, uh, you know, there's some work that needs to be done, but for the most part, I feel like I'm like, oh man, I really lucked out, um, just with the kids. And the cool thing is, is like, you know, 10 single A, it's like the first year that these kids are playing travel. So they're, they're still just very like, yes, like, this is great. <laughs> this is awesome to be a part of. Yeah. Like, they're not jaded by the experience. They're just like, 
um, the best kids. And I just, I feel like we have a great team, uh, your son included. And we're also, are you going to Houston? Yes. Okay. No, I'm not. No. Oh, you're not going to Houston? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to go to Houston. I'm going to make sure that- uh, we'll see. I was about to say that's a that's a divide and conquer situation <laughs> yeah. where it's like, all right, we got to get all our uh, uh, kids in a row here. Um, well, uh, Jacqueline, I think it was, uh, or I should call you Z. Uh, I think this has been a lot of fun, um, but there's one last part to this, and everybody has to do this too. I said that there were rules. Um, there's rules at the beginning and rules at the end. Uh, this is called the shout out. So the shout out has some rules. Um, the only one really though is that it has to be positive. Um, so there are people that have done like uh, shout outs to like friends and family. Uh, there's people that have done like shout outs as far as like coaching mantras or like things that the, they want to say out loud. Um, but anyway, I usually try and talk long enough uh, to give the guest an idea of how long it might take for them to come up with something positive to say. It can be very short. It could be a sentence or two. Um, it could really, yeah, it could be anything. It just has to be positive. It doesn't even have to be about hockey. Um, but anyway, do you... there's one phrase that I, I often tell uh, some of the female officials that I've helped mentor. It's to embrace the journey. Yes. See, but that's a good one. So the the best ones have been like short and sweet. And I feel like that's just like a, a, a short and sweet one. Perfect. Uh, direct to the point. Um, but here's the trick part to this oh, is okay. that I have. No, it's not a trick on you. Okay. It's a trick on me. I have to do this, too. And um, so I have to do this, too. And I try, I know some people think that I have it planned, but I really try not to think about it until the very end. So then I talk for a little while so that I can also figure out what I'm <laughs> saying. So I am going to go ahead um, and I, my shout out is going to be for, um, so this past weekend, um, so I have, a, I have a stepson now that is playing, uh, he's playing youth hockey, he's playing the DSMHL. Um, I had never been on the parent's side of a hockey tournament before, ever. Um, I've always coached, um, you know, I'm, I'm just new to the, to the parent side of things and it was a blast. I don't know what everybody's complaining about being hockey parents, a whole lot of fun. Uh, I kind of mean that kidding because it was just as stressful. Uh, I yelled probably more as a parent than I did as a coach. As a coach, I try and be pretty, uh, professional and try not to yell, but if given the opportunity sitting by the stand, surrounded by other parents that are yelling, um, not at the officials, Z. Not at the officials. Very good. We're yelling at the kids. <laughs> the officials did great. Uh, but no, just as far as like, you know, kind of being able, because um, I think that when I coached, I and maybe unnecessarily did this at times, uh, that I would kind of be like standoffish with the parents and I felt like there was separation that needed to happen. Um, but then kind of as soon as I was like, oh, that I don't, I'm not responsible for that at all. Uh, I had a great time with the parents. Uh, so anyway, this would be uh, 12U Babcock, I believe, would be the team out of Mansfield, the Mansfield Miracle. Uh, I think that's what we decided to name ourselves. Um, but anyway, first year of being a hockey parent, uh, so far, um, 10 for 10. Uh, would say it's very awesome, very stressful, getting up early, being cold. Um, I don't know. It's totally different because I've been to a bunch of different games, always been on the coaching side of it. Um, but yeah, it's been a whole lot of fun. But anyway, so I think my shout outs for being a hockey parent also for the 12U Babcock and also for Mansfield Miracle because that's all the same team. Um, but anyway, uh, Z, did we miss anything? Uh, I think we covered most things. I think we're good. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Well, Z, um, all right. Well, even though you're not going to be at the tournament this weekend, um, we're going to do good things. We're going to skate hard. We're going to have fun. And um, I don't know. I'm going to be around this rink, I think, a little bit more. Uh, previously when I wasn't coaching the heat, I didn't have any reason to be in Euless, but now I'm here coaching heat. Um, uh, I don't know. Talking to you. 
So here's where we are. Uh, here's the last thing I have to say is that there are ways to get a hold of us. You can find us at faceoffspotpodcast.com. I'll say that one more time. Faceoffspotpodcast.com. Uh, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes. Um, you can find us on, uh, well, we have an Instagram. We have a Facebook. You can follow us there. Um, but anyway, uh, follow us, like us, subscribe to us. I think you can do all those things. Uh, Z, thank you one more time for uh, coming on the show. Uh, thanks to Howie's Hockey Tape Company for uh, being our sponsor. FaceOff10 is the coupon code. 10% off. Uh, I think that's all the things. Anyway, episodes every Thursday. We're coming back. Uh, I'm not taking any weeks off now. we got a lot of them scheduled, so we should be good to go. Uh, thank you one more time, Z, and we'll check you guys later. Thank you. Thank you.